Hello, uh, I say, I'm a random British explorer, and you're listening to the Map Report, a wonderful resource for all sorts of explorers from Great Britain and the Isles. What? Whatever do you mean you're not an explorer? Well, this is outrageous! How dare you listen! <laughs> Left my home back in Omaha To see if I could make it out in the world And I got as far as Wichita But suddenly I wasn't sure anymore Lost all my friends in Los Angeles I'm not welcome in New York But I must stop back in Omaha Where the fans, they always crying out for more In that case, welcome to Midport number 107, July 6th, 2008 Welcome, what is up? Happy birthday to America, two days late uh, greetings to everybody. You realize, Greg, that we didn't see any fireworks on Fourth of July. I know. We heard a few. I actually heard a few here. I didn't. I didn't hear. Yeah, there were a couple of firecrackers. But uh, I think that was. We live according to your father. We live in a communist state, so you know we're well, not going to hear any fireworks. We, we live in New York City, where they had like three of the biggest shows in the country, and we didn't see any fireworks. I know. It's not good. We really, clearly didn't they do, do it over like the. The seaport or something like that. They have it yeah. on all three. They have it on either side, either side, and then at the bottom. At the lower east side. Yeah, and uh, supposedly and there were like go. millions of people in the city. It was like ridiculously packed or, or something. It was just probably wild. Really dangerous. Go. I remember as a kid, I'd be like near the bay in Brooklyn, and just people just shooting off all kinds of fireworks and gunpowder-contained yeah. objects and like anything they could find that would explode in well, all that, directions. Yeah. There's nowhere to be safe, and it's no, scary it's true. I mean, as my father would say, the, the fireworks lobbyist. It's illegal to set them off, so that means people you do illegal fireworks, which are dangerous. Um, actually, aren't technically fireworks. And uh, but yeah, our neighbors are two cops, and they had the day off, and they were hoping they wouldn't get called in, but they did get called in specifically for that reason. Is that is New York's answer to that is just bring in more cops and to try to people mm-hmm. get people to stop doing it. New York's answer to a lot of things is bringing more I'm cops. Sorry, did you say you know? that? <laughs> did you say your dad was part of the fireworks lobby? Oh, yeah, did we yeah never, he's a fireworks lobbyist. Did we that's never talk his, about this? That's one of his main jobs that he my does. My dad yeah. is... I uh, never heard this in my life. My dad is the lobbyist for the biggest fireworks company in the United States. Ever since really? he's been lobbying, that's been one of his major companies, and he has written most of the legislation. Yeah, in fact, there was... Uh, when I was in Connecticut, when I was a kid, we used to play with sparklers and you know, tanks and things like that. And some of the major stuff you had to go elsewhere to get, but we used to do all that stuff. And then it went away, and now they're selling it again. I mean, it's still mostly July 4th oriented, but over time, you know, he's trying to expand it. So Yeah, my dad yeah. is getting state by state. He's getting them to uh, allow fireworks again. He's rewriting legislation. 
and creating lots of enemies in the fire chiefs of yeah. every state. He recently passed the, the death chiefs. by bottle rocket <laughs> ordinance, whereby if you're having a good time and a friend of yours happens to be impaled by a bottle rocket, if you can demonstrate that it was all being done in good fun and to celebrate the birth of the country, then you won't be held responsible for it. No, that's Which not is a more controversial law. Well, let me ask a question. <laughs> is this like a borderline Second Amendment type thing? Is this like people have the right to defend themselves with things that blow up and make colors, or is it just a totally <laughs> separate argument as to no. why? No, actually, Quick, the ar- Martha, the Roman candle. No, the argument is <laughs> that uh, all over this country we have what are called Native Americans who, uh, due to the who fact that we tried to make them extinct and <laughs> felt guilty. Oh, those people. We gave them these little areas of land and said, go ahead and do whatever you want to do on them. And so one of the things that they decide uh-huh. to do is sell uh, firecrackers uh, and illegal fireworks that don't follow any of the regulations and therefore are extremely dangerous. And so... Wait a minute. Oh my Claire, God. This is the legalized drugs argument. This is the same thing. <laughs> I love this. This is great. Exactly. But exactly. Before you go on, Claire, the drug dealers will make shit that will poison you. So exactly. we need it to be regulated so everyone gets the correct dose of heroin and doesn't there die. There you go. And it makes so much sense. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Go, Cleo. <Clear laughs> <Sad. laughs> but, but, but Cleo, before Harm you go on, I just want... I just want to... Harm reduction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very funny. And when I've, I've tried to discuss harm reduction with my father, who pretty much my dad, I think, is a libertarian, mainly because he makes a lot of money just like people taking his money or telling him what to do. Standard but, libertarian. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, so the the idea of giving people freedom and, and, and social programs... Uh, he doesn't like, so I think it'd be funny that he, that, he, that thought of him as harm reduction. Rest, yeah, would yeah. be rallying. Oh, him, he agrees with me. Yeah, he just doesn't know it yet. He doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I have to before Clay goes on, I just want to interject quickly. So, if I understand this properly, you're, what you're saying is that the Native Americans sold fireworks likely to backfire to the white people mm-hmm. who went into the reservation. So, the white people who put the Native Americans on the reservations mm-hmm. then bought fireworks, which. We're not it's retaliation for the plague. Okay. All right. I was just making it's sure. It's like they're... It's, it's the modern version of small box blankets. Right. We should do everything we can to put these Native American bastards out of business. Exactly. <laughs> right. Because that, that's the, the, the lesson of all of it is... <laughs> damn treaties. <laughs> well, so what happened... They're not impoverished enough. How dare well, they try to sell trinkets on the side of the road? Fuck them. All we well, did actually, is take their lambs. Come on. Sure. Actually, you might find this funny, Russ. My father was a little uh, pissed when we were, we were in too. Seattle. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> we were in Seattle three weeks ago. And uh, he was very pissed, a little pissed, because he no longer works down in California. And although, you know, all the different little smaller lobbyists that work for the company, they will bother my dad, try to get him to help them out. Although they do that, he still can't make it so that stupid things don't happen. And unfortunately, what happened is my dad told them that they needed to have a a discussion with the governor, um, yours truly, Russ, um, about Mm -hmm. fireworks. And they never did. I guess he was in um, some park and he did a photo op. And he said, uh, don't use fireworks because of the risk of fire. Oh, no. And so, of course, your father's like, he's just as much of a guy. He's not a Republican bastard. No, no, no. My, my father's point. firemen got to him. Right. Um, because what happens is in every state, the fire chief 
tries to ban fireworks because they believe that fireworks cause fires. And uh, so it's their goal <coughs> to just get rid of them completely. And then what happens in every state is my dad shows up and shows statistics and does his wheeling and dealing and also is smarter, unfortunately, about about laws and legalese and writing writing um, bills. Um, he gets in and he says that they're not a fire they're not a fire hazard and if used appropriately and blah 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 that they're just fine. And so what happens is he gets in and he writes these bills and he get, bills get passed and these fire chiefs go you know get red in the face. Um, but if the lobbyists don't stay on top of these things, things like this can happen. And by one comment by the governor, the fireworks industry probably took, a, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of profit hit uh-huh. because people probably mm-hmm. thought, listen to him. So he was particularly pissed about we that. We would terminate we were fireworks. <laughs> we would take the fireworks. Hey, Quill. Let off some steam. <laughs> off some steam fireworks. Nice. Let off some steam, Bennett. Let me ask you a question, Quill. Yeah. So we know that fireworks are like illegal in certain states and yes. they're not legal in other states, right? Right. Which is why when we take a road trip from Brandeis and we yep. go to South Florida, we yep. stop at the south of the border location between right. North and South Carolina and, like, stock up on fireworks and then detonate them in all of the illegalized states. So for the lobbyists, is this like a game of risk? Like, when they win a state, do they, like, keep one army behind and, like, move the brunt of their forces, like, to the next state and try to legalize it there? It is a little and, bit like, like that because my... theme that. Yeah, it is a little bit like that because my dad, you know, can only do so much. My dad travels, uh, how would you say, like, he's in like three different states a week. And part of that's because my dad, I think, thinks it's cool. But part of that is because you can't, that there are certain jobs that you, you still can't do over the phone or via email. You got to be there. You got to be shaking the hand of the legislature. You got to be attending their press conferences. You got to attend the, the town hall meetings. You have to be going to the fundraising events. And so in some respects, yes, he does hire or leave smaller lobbyists in these areas to keep track of things and to stay on top of things and to, to try to maintain it the way it is. And then there are certain effects that are going to happen when you have uh, New Hampshire where it's legal that's going to start affecting Massachusetts one way or the other because right over the border they can get fireworks and then bring them down. And but you could easily argue to Massachusetts that you're losing all this revenue because people are going across the border to buy all their fireworks when you could be making this money. Right. However, my dad said that he believes Massachusetts will be the last state to legalize fireworks. I think I think New York, he said, was going to be second. And he, of course, blames it, on, he blames it on the liberals. The more communist the state, as he puts it, the more likely that they will take them a while to legalize fireworks. Right. I also note, just for the record, that Massachusetts See, also has the largest contribution, uh, uh, concentration of universities in the United States. So apparently right, the right, more right. liberal and better educated you are. No, but he wouldn't um, say better educated. Yeah, they're, they're, people with college education play with gunpowder a lot less than people who don't have college education, <laughs> just as a general rule. Right. He would say these are people with their so. head in the clouds. These are, you know, these academics with their head in the clouds, academic liberals. And not, That's true. Not as opposed to, liber- as opposed to libertarians. Powder, like exactly. the good blue collar people who like blow shit up on the way home from work. You know? Exactly. <laughs> like, right, right. Man. Salt of the earth. Thermite for no reason. <laughs> Why right. don't I have some fireworks too? This seems 
seems like such a or like a super tough job for your dad because I mean it's one thing to argue that it's not so bad, like the the the, the thing saying okay it doesn't cause fires and like you can win that argument. I'm sure he has stats that say that it doesn't really increase the likelihood of fires. But that's yeah, only funny, actually, getting every... rid of a negative thing about fireworks. It's it, not like bringing something to the community. It's not like if we have fireworks, everyone will be happier and well employed or something like that. Well, that's true. Which is I mean, what some, you need. I mean, sometimes he does try to bring in um, people if he when he's at a town hall um, or council, city council meeting, to bring in people that live in the community that talk about how you know every year my father did this or I do this and I love it's a family community thing and I, it's very important to us and please don't ban them. Oh, please. What about road flares? Do fireworks companies make road flares or is that totally separate? That's separate. Because that's an in, I think. I think he's got a big in. He needs to make <laughs> friends with the road flare producers. Well, they could, they could be because road like a public service. Sure. Well, they're and like the police and firemen use that all the time. Yeah. Right. Well, they're like inventing road flares. I mean, how many you can innovate road flares. stories of like people who they were saved by road flares and this dog found me. I was lying in a ditch and if it weren't for the road flare I kept in my car, would have died. And Absolutely. Yeah, you're bringing something to the community. And really, what's the and difference the between a road flare thing. and a sparkler? I mean, exactly. actually, you should be allowed to just have it's sparklers. The They're cheaper thing. than road flares. Just put up some sparklers and maybe a bottle rocket or two, and that way... Bottle you rockets know. are not well, because, fireworks. Well, they're not... What do you mean they're not fireworks? No, they're not fireworks. Really? What about one of those fountains, like those big fountains? That's like a firework. The 50, like, if we went through a tour, Russ, of, of the factory, uh, the big warehouse that they have there. I had never done, they had have, that made... That, that, that tour before... That they have factory is now, huge. They have things now that are things beyond... Beyond my comprehension when I was a child. Like, they have this thing called the Bunker Buster. I'm a little disturbed, by the way, about all the military speak, but I guess, you know, fireworks, whatever. This thing has, like, 50 shots, and each shot, like, obliterates half of the sky when it shoots. It's really, the firework by itself costs $50. It's $50 for this one thing, which is, like, its own individual firework yeah. show. Like, you just buy it, and it's a firework show by itself. You yeah. put it down, and you light it, and then well, you walk away Well, there's certain regulations that limit the amount. It's, I think it's, what was it, 500... Something agreed by law, yes. Maximum um, outlook, five hundred grams. But going back to a little bit of what you were saying, Russ, every year my dad gets calls from the news broadcasters asking him, you know, okay, so what do you think, Farley? Is it going to rain? Because every year they say that there's going to be a risk of fire hazard, and every year it rains at some point leading up to the Fourth of July, making the likelihood of fire um, pretty low. And so it's it's just it's it's like a joke we had every year of the fact that that the the fire chiefs must be you know just boiling you know <laughs> boiling uh, yeah, fire know. chiefs hate rain as everyone knows <laughs> rain damn it all we need is one good heat wave that damn, my job up again <laughs> that damn Farley again you know being you know getting it right again but um so he's getting together with the lobbyists it, who like deal clear. with the cloud seeders the ones who get right. the, the rain coming in exactly. the first place and more cloud seeding well no I used to always say that my dad so- sold his soul to the devil for rain every 4th of July the devil fireworks that's funny do you guys have like a pen handy there and mm-hmm. a pad of paper? Yeah, sure. Because I've have like I have a couple ideas that you should definitely bring to your dad about how to revamp the fireworks industry to win over all of these firemen, politicians, and people that are in their way. Okay, enough listeners, take notes. Totally you, want, you, want, you want him to hire you? I just think they need. No, I don't want him to hire me. This is all free. Okay. He can just have this. 
these, these tidbits, these nuggets. Okay. So okay. Strategy well, number one. For strategy them, one. Save, save the fireworks industry. The American fireworks industry, because as we know, the Native American fireworks industry is thriving, and so is the Mexican fireworks industry. So this is how we bring fireworks jobs back to America. Okay. Okay. Step one. Step one. Um, or option one. Option one. You package all fireworks in bright red safety containers, and you change the names of them. So instead of being M80, it'll be like mini rapid warning flares in a box. Mini rapid warning flares instead of in, a like box. in a box. It's being dramatic. Uh, sorry, go ahead. And instead of Roman candles, it'll be like, you know, uh, Dr. Mendelssohn's safety sticks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, you know, parents aren't going to complain that they're, they, they just, they'll buy these for their children instead of complaining, like, here, take some Dr. Mendelssohn's safety sticks with you, so in case you get lost in the woods, we'll be able to find you. Okay. And I think that that really, I mean, honestly, like, the, the bright lights can really be to your advantage if you use it properly. I think the kids, what the kids like, the kids like the sound, and the kids like the explosive action, and the parents right. like the visibility aspect. So we, we want to emphasize so, the visibility aspect of the fireworks and their ability to get you safer. By utilizing deception. No, not deception. Creative uh, marketing. Got it. You need a creative marketing campaign. Okay, that's option one. Okay. Right? That's one way that you can go with it. Okay. Okay. Strategy number two is you make the argument that the age of analog fireworks are over and you build digital fireworks. Digital fireworks. Than analog fireworks. Analog fireworks are really dangerous. They, you know, require fire and gunpowder and all of these things that were invented in ancient China that mm -hmm. were mostly for war purposes. And we don't really need these things anymore. We live in a digital world, so what we need is some kind of device that propels itself up into the air and then does like a nice digital display of a fireworks show that just sort of explodes into LED pixels. But you know, <laughs> it's like shooting really a flat explode. screen just up into the air. Yeah, it's like shooting a plasma. I like that. Yeah, it's like one of those projector DLP projectors that shoot into the air and make some pretty thing and, and you know how it's gonna sky. work. Maybe you can even show your face on it. Like the capabilities are limitless. H D fireworks. High definition fireworks because yes. everything is HD. There's HD radio. Oh, man, there's HD fireworks. Okay. That's right. You can just right. call that brilliant, Greg. Who wow. the hell wants to look at low D fireworks? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what kind of fireworks are just regular resolution fireworks? That sucks. That's <laughs> so fast. It's time for high def fireworks. And those are like more than 50 inches. Those I are mean, like 7,000 inches, right? I mean, if you think about the overall screen. Can you imagine? Area. All these people with HD TVs who are missing out on the spectacle of you know high def fireworks, they're watching these low def fireworks and they're very precise and highly calibrated television screens. It's mm -hmm. like it's a crime. Now, have you thought about how the technology might depth. operate uh, in in producing? That's not his job. He's the, he's the creative thinker. Oh, That's, I see. You leave that to the fireworks industry. That's right. I yeah, I have the ideas. You come up with the. <laughs> execution you know right. i don't have a schematic in front of me i'm just saying right. like you know yeah use the dlp projector technology use the uh, the mini projectors and the crystals that have like a thousand streams of light and all that crap that comes right. out of your hdtv just right. use that and a projectile that does it in midair and like then, a laser you know, show instead of broadcasting television 
you broadcast whatever the hell you want. It's like a light bright show in the sky right. that is chosen by you. I mean, how much? There's a big limitation when you're talking about how like powder will explode and chemicals will burn to make certain colors. Like, I think we're a bit past that now. I think it's time to make like 3D, you know, renderings of shit in the sky, and I sure. think we can do it. It's and it's shit, just a matter but... of cost. Right. And no, and it's like these fireworks companies, how much do you think they spend on R&D? They're, they're basically selling a 6,000-year-old technology. <laughs> I don't think they're spending enough money on R&D. I think they need to reinvest in the fireworks business, spend a lot more on R&D, and come up with some shit that people actually like. You know, okay. get Sony on it. Sony will be a big fan of this. Okay. And then uh, your lobbyists, I mean, it gets rid of all the concerns. The I've also got to care anymore. There are no fire, firemen are on your side. Electronics companies are on your side. The digital age, the kids love it. Everybody loves it. Win, win, win. And Everybody wins. I just thought of another thing, which is that if you set it up also so that these fireworks shows can network with each other, so it's almost like the kids who come on with the Xbox, they're playing, you know, they have their own version of the fireworks. All of a sudden, you have coordinated fireworks shows, which could be a big thing, I think, you know, because the kids love to network. Um, they could even text message in fireworks. How sweet would that be? Firework <laughs> Hero 3. Lol, these fireworks rock. Like a fireworks show to the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah. WTF. Awesome. <laughs> Red, white, blue. I, I am wondering a little bit, though, about given the idea that we're basically launching the equivalent of a plasma TV into the air, I have two questions. One, how do you get the whole technology up there? <laughs> and two, it is going to make it it's difficult small, for small Bubba. Plasma TV. Bubba's not going to be able to small. buy the $50 special at the local the local convenience store anymore, right? I mean, he's going to have to really save up for a fireworks show like this, right? There is that, that whole well, problem. it's true, Greg. Like many other things, we are definitely going to price, certainly the Native American producers, they're going to be priced out of the business. Right. Like, just like baseball tickets have gone up as the quality of the game has gone up, you don't get the same rowdy, dirty crowd that you used to. Now it's mostly wealthy businessmen Yeah, but this is the gentrification sports, of fireworks, dude. You're pushing the real fireworks. I wonder what Kunstler would say about this. Yes, exactly. I wonder what that guy would say about that. I mean, because, you know, it, it does it does pose a problem. And how do you launch the stuff into the air without using fire? That's his point, is that you won't, are no longer fire. using fire. What do you use to propel it? No, there's no fire. No, Greg, have you not been listening? You use, like, the whole point is to move it away from air. That. Compressed air. You don't need fire. No, 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 fire no, no, no. a popcorn pot to get it up in the air. Rest, rest, rest. Let me handle this again. I don't think. <laughs> I, I don't think he. He didn't hear me the first Thank time. You. Russ Please comes like up with the lawyer. idea, and it is their job <laughs> to try to figure out how to make it happen. Yes, I, stop. And I think that's fine if you could just come up with a. You know, uh, so he said you it propels itself into the air fireworks. somehow. <laughs> no, fireless no. technology. No, flameless rockets is what you want. Flameless rockets, like you want to use one of those things to no, hit no, the water no, no, rocket. No, 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 no. You pump it up and then no, no, you fire no, the water like thing 3D, in the air. A three D laser show. That's what he's talking about. Three D laser show. Yeah. What if you have a tether that's like really high up in the air and the tether carries yeah. along with it, like yeah. your little LED display yeah, show? You exactly. don't need fire, man. Yeah. It's all digital. It's all digital. It's what are you a caveman, Greg? It's Jeez. very low. It's low electricity intensive because you're using these LED lights, which, right. as we know, use a lot less electricity than right. incandescents. Right. So the environmentalists like it because it doesn't cause smoke. It right. doesn't cause fire. So you're shooting Christmas Firemen lights like in the air. It. The electronics companies like it. It's also you've what's shooting, Greg, is it kind of tossing. new product for the... Uh, Awesome. Yeah, it's Wait, like a, no, it's a thrusting. That, but that's right, right, it's like a poof. It's not like a blam. Right, right. <laughs> it's like it's a poof. Tossing it up. In but the to air. get it far enough up into the air, though, to do this properly, though, Again, Greg. if you're really going to do it, you need to. No, no, I've got an idea here because one of the you just talked about ancient technology. Well, here's my thing. We're talking about six thousand year old technology with the fireworks now, right? 
if you want to make it so that they don't feel like there's too much change, why don't you ask them instead for, let's say, 3,000-year-old technology, the Roman Empire, which had war machines that could launch things literally hundreds of feet into the air. If you can get them to redesign uh, catapults and things like that, you could launch the stuff into the air using those. That Greg, doesn't involve any kind go. of flames. Just trebuchet a trebuchet power digital technology. Exactly. Greg can knock it out, the, exactly. out of his mind catapult the idea technology. of catapulting a plasma TV into the air. I think that's pretty much just what Greg saw when he first talked about it. I this. do want to see the guy who's telling me I'm I have a 50 a very good mental picture here. <laughs> and he can't get past that image. That's, he's just stuck there. Well, you, you put a little retro rocket on it, so when you throw it in the air, then you're like, okay, fire the left one. And then people see it in the air, and then, you know, it's flying around for about five okay, seconds, and it lands again. I'm with you. And you want, you want the people, the great thing about this no. is you can't fire up my size TV, which is like a 37-inch, right? You have to fire up ones for the people who are really obnoxious about it. Oh, I have a 90-inch TV. Those are the TVs you need for this project, you see. So, and obviously, this is a public good. So, if there are cases where you would have to commandeer some people's TVs <laughs> to benefit the community in this way. You're reducing no, fire damage. No. You're reducing you all these kinds the of things. TVs That's very important. Because, look, if it's going to be a new segment of the economy, we can't recycle anything. We have to make everything brand new. That's well, you are. You're, you're making these people buy new GDP, TVs. That means we have to produce everything brand new. And they buy new we, TVs. We just go into houses and forcibly salvage people's TVs for this new digital fireworks project. And we comp- when they you complain, really we reduce say, the popularity here. Pretty absolutely. Fast. When they complain, we say <laughs> stimulus we're check. We're going to repeal the Fourth we Amendment have, so, so that we can have digital fireworks. stimulus <laughs> check. <laughs> <laughs> I had such a good, reasonable idea. And then Greg turned it into, yeah, exactly. like, the state is going to repossess your electronics exactly. and turn them into digital but fireworks. For the public good. <laughs> the patriotic oh God, enjoyment Greg. of citizens. For the public good. Well, okay, but again, your 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 suggestions were for my father, so, oh. you know, and they'll go to him, and hopefully he won't decimate them as Greg has. He'll immediately take these. I think he'll take these into account. They'll pass them you on know, to the powers that be. Like, it's okay. It's okay that the the last buggy whip producer, as was said in the movie, um, other people's money. The last company that produced buggy whips, I'm sure they made a they made a damn fine buggy whip, and they just made the finest one available. But you know what? There just wasn't the need for buggy whips anymore, and maybe there's just not enough of a need. People, it's hard, honestly, from my perspective, and the reason that I've never been that into fireworks is because I'm a digital child. I've grown up watching TV and movies, and these little exploding colorful things are just not as impressive to me as fully, you know, 3D colorful things that we can produce digitally. And so maybe well, it's time to put that shit in the sky. Yeah. Put it in the sky. It's time the fire. To start. Let That's the fire your slogan. industry run with it so they keep their jobs. That's your slogan. It it's sky. time put to put that, put that shit, shit in the sky. Put that shit in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> That's the slogan. That's the biggest fireworks. TV put screen that in, the in the world is otherwise known as the sky. Well, and what's the that? thing that inspired TV that has enchanted us for millennia is the sky. So why not put all of that cool shit into the sky. And you could you could do, do it you screens. could do it with like the um with the melody of spirit in the sky. That's uh, where I'm gonna go when I yeah. die. When I, like die. I, I don't know. Go to the place it's the Because I've always liked that melody, but the lyrics are really stupid. So this is brilliant. So this will solve two problems in one. Gonna launch a shit in the sky. Shit in the sky. Gonna show the plasma before they die. And they probably die. Gonna take away people's TVs and then we'll show the digital. Public good. Please, public good, public good, public. All right, it's brilliant. I love it. Yeah, that's the great subliminal part at the end of the song where people, I think this is probably a public good. I don't know why I think that. <laughs> I like the song. 
You know what? To be fair, this is not a new idea. In the oh. 80s, I believe, um, a lot of major companies, including Coca-Cola, wanted to buy satellites that were low-flying satellites mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that they could have their logo displayed on the satellites right. and they would be viewable from the night sky. So you'd look right. up in the night sky and you'd see a giant frickin' Coca-Cola satellite right. like going across your view. And they, and they wanted to do this. And there was this huge protracted battle until Congress came to their senses and they're like, you know, I don't think we really want to populate space with your billboards. And they're like, <laughs> oh, but come on, the sky. Especially when like, <laughs> really, no, this is good for nobody. <laughs> Can you imagine, too, like if someone bought out Coca-Cola and it would be this huge embarrassment. They have to send up a big mission to like figure out a way to turn the sign off or change it or, you know, the new Coke or, they have you to, know. like shoot it down. They had to shoot exactly. down their own billboard because it probably crashed into somebody's communication satellite or right. like did some horrible thing. And right now, if a billboard goes <laughs> out to get some Patriot missiles. Exactly. If a billboard goes out and it's like Coca-Cola, that's embarrassing. It's really embarrassing if there's no good way to get it down. And all of a sudden people are like, what is the famous Oka-Ole? Well, Oka-Ole has been with us for many centuries, son. And Does that mean you'd also have little things flying over saying um, space available? Yeah, call 1-900. More information at www.shitinsky.org. Yeah. To be fair, the one group that we'd have to get past with our new lobbying and marketing scheme is astronomers. Astronomers would not be fans of this new policy. Why not? They'd be like, when I look up into the sky, do I see Ricky Lake instead of like Andromeda? Like, I, why am I constantly well, no, looking at people projecting their faces into the sky? Where did the where did Ricky Lake? Ricky come Lake. From? What if they what become so popular? What if it's like Bill Gates and Windows? It's like everyone has their own little personal. It's like YouTube. Everyone has their own little personalized fireworks show that they want to show off to everybody else because they made it at home on their iMacs and you know they want to show you so they constantly are shooting and they're so cheaply made because everyone's buying them they've driven the sky is filled with crap but now everyone can just shoot fireworks all day long Mm. yeah it's filled with shit just like the internet the sky becomes the new internet (laughs) (laughs) which means there's a bunch of link not working and file not found showing up there as well no doubt right presumably you know (laughs) http placeholder.org Okay. Well, so this is but dangerous. I mean, this is a dangerous idea, but we're we're problem solving as we're going. No, this is why you guys, when you mocked me about my plasma TV idea, this is the whole point because it diminishes the amount of yahoos. Until who, it lo- you can't lands, fire black Greg. and white TVs up there. Until all you do is fire. It lands. It's not going to survive the landing. This is a one-use only thing. That's what the whole it's point. Okay, wait. Have you guys, did you guys ever do that project in school where they give you like an egg yes. and you have to parachute it down yes, from we were the just building talking about and you have to build like the best ago. contraption possible yes. to make it land safely? Yes. It's the same thing. So plasma TVs that are currently produced are built for land usage. What we just need to think about are the way that they would be produced if they were, you know, designed right. for aerial use. And it would be a differently shaped <laughs> TV for sure. It would be more aerodynamic. You know what is so funny it about this? Because have some cushioning or there, some there's wheels so, or there's something. So many, there's so many old ladies sitting in their homes with their 50 cats cringing at the idea of a bottle rocket landing on their roof. Now they're going to have to worry about a 90-inch plasma television landing <laughs> and falling through. Our goddamn kids need <laughs> plasma TVs in this sky. <laughs> Honest to God. Oh, man, these are the more aerodynamic models. Shut up. When I was a kid, we used to fire black and whites into the sky, and we liked it. My dad, uh, every year when I was growing up, would, would have a little fireworks show because he'd get all this stuff for free. And so we had this little fireworks show out in front of our house every year. And he was pretty much any old lady's worst nightmare 
uh, because next door we had a lady with her little yappy dog. Every year she'd come out and shake her fist at the sky and say, you know, I'm going to call the police, I'm going to call the fire department. And my dad would say, I know the fire chief, I know the police and the mayor. Uh, go ahead, I've written all of the legislation. I know the know it backwards and forwards. And she'd have to skulk back into her house, you know, tail between her legs. And, and her dog's legs, too. And then too. she'd get a shotgun. And she's <laughs> <laughs> she like, this is the way we do law in my house. And she started, dude, and then if you ever had, this is just, this just occurred to me. If you ever had any of these flying plasma TVs that project things into the sky, but just like satellites, like it goes out eventually, like, or lose some pixels mm. and you're not getting the clear fireworks show that you've created at home. Right. Mm -hmm. Then you have a whole procession of professional skeet shooters who you bring out and their job is to shoot down the flying plasma TV firework displayers. Right. Got it. I think that's a pretty good idea. It's a whole new economy, so new jobs as well in this in. plan. Yeah, it's like poison control. Like they have their own little badges and mm -hmm. their own car and they're mm -hmm. like very small state budget. Right. And so somebody calls up the skeet shooting patrol and they all get out of a car and they're like, pull, because even though nobody's really pulling, like they that's do that for a fact. part of their tradition. Yes. So it's just something they say yeah, that right. doesn't make sense sure, later on. Of course. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. It's that's just part right. of the parlance that's carried through to 300 years from now. Exactly. This is so like Fahrenheit 451, but weirder. I just want to say that. It's like very close. but It's Fahrenheit zero according to you. Because this is what it reminds me right, of. Right, sure, exactly, because you're using compressed air. It but reminds anyway. me of it. Yes. And then they, like, they go, pull, and then they start shooting TVs down, um, and then they sell them to the, the salvage yards who make them into uh, socks. You know, microwave ovens. <laughs> it could create and a whole socks. new eBay industry. Like They'd have their own section, fireworks, comma, mobile, and you have like Sony and Samsung, and you have different brands of mobile fireworks. Oh, my God, Russ, and, I want your opinion you know. on this, please, because I, it's been bothering me all day. Speaking of eBay transitioning to Craigslist, I, I, I gave away a table today because we have all this stuff. Like uh, uh, We have a circular table. We have a king-size a king bed frame, and we have this ancient CRT monitor that Greg insists is working and therefore doesn't want to just throw away. He wants to have, make sure someone's going to use it. The problem is it was $280 in 2001, so I'm guessing it's not... Um gonna make it no. anyway so this guy shows up to pick up the table mm -hmm. he's a very nice guy and leaves and we go back in the house and greg's like i don't want to do this anymore this guy knows to where we live and da, 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 da. and i said well you know what greg <laughs> just driving by our house he would know that people live there He's like, but now we now he knows that there's a dog and a baby. Yeah, exactly. Table owners, <laughs> table owners live there, and right. he loves tables. <laughs> well, that's the problem. Is that <laughs> so now I'm all he pulled out. up in a red van though? That's my problem. Well, like, because he was picking up a table. People who pull up in red vans and are like, you know, pulling it. You know what I mean? Why did he throw a tracer behind him? When he, like, <laughs> he pulled up in a large car, but he was hauling shit. But he's creepy because anyone with a large thing is creepy. <laughs> exactly. What? I, uh, I'm i just Come saying on. now they know where we are, and that's... We're all friends here. Yeah, well... And why do you... Did you, like, display all your... Were you wearing, like... Were you draped in, like, gold jewelry while you no, were selling it? No, we table? brought the table out, or, so like, we didn't go in the house. your Matisse paintings <laughs> that were behind the table? Like, what's the problem? We told you not to mention the Matisse paintings. Jesus. <laughs> I don't get it. Well, that was the thing that I thought was so funny. What are you afraid of? It's, I understand the fear, but, 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 but the point is, is that he knows that people live here. 
But, I thought, but now I guess bringing him to the house, now mm-hmm. we, he's, we've made him particularly aware of this house. Well, now he's like, pl- ah, these people are pushovers. Look, she's got a baby. That baby will not stop me. Like, you know what I mean? If, if, no, if, we don't if, know. Wait, here's the point. Wait. If you're walking past a house, a random house, and you think, I can steal something from that house, you don't know if the person in that house is somebody who's got like a rifle or a plasma right. TV loaded on a fireworks thing that they could fire at. You have mm-hmm. no idea. Right. You don't know what these people are about, right? So <laughs> you, you don't know. And it's that lack of knowledge that keeps you from going in. But if you right. know that the only thing guarding our house is a baby right. and a dog. And right. granted, our dog, Lilo, can be fierce if she wants to be, I guess. But if you know that's all that's there protecting you, then it makes you much more... Then it's more knowledge. The point is you want to keep right. your full armament, your full defensive armament in the dark, right? That's why everyone wants concealed weapons, because they don't want you to know if you're carrying an Uzi or, a, you know, five guns, or if you're just carrying a, a BB gun, you know, you don't know. Or if you're carrying a plastic knife that they sell in KB, you, you want to know, you know, what kind of weapons. You don't want to reveal what you've okay. got. Speaking from the perspective of someone who's not an active criminal, I'm still going to go ahead and make the assumption that quote-unquote casing casing a location quote unquote casing a house has just as much to do with determining that it isn't like booby trapped and have weapons hidden all over the place as you're actually looking for valuables at the same time because remember the objective of stealing from a house is not just to avoid bazookas coming from you know <laughs> behind armchairs and <laughs> killing your crew it's also to make sure that there's something worthwhile to steal and so like I said unless there's a Matisse painting behind the table that he found I think you're going to be okay. Well, he, he probably <laughs> makes a guess looking at Unless, our... Unless, of course, you know. he was a fetish-like collector of, like, Renaissance-era academic literature. Then I think well, no, you see, might have something to worry <laughs> no, about. No, I, like, I didn't let him in the house. I had Greg and I. We brought the table out. Yeah, but she had the window wide open. But, Greg, you can't right see... No, you, he couldn't see See my see Renaissance-era in. literature. What? He Straight couldn't the see corner. into the window. <laughs> so, he couldn't... So he could all, all he saw was maybe <laughs> your veiled T-shirt and maybe thought, oh, here's a real sucker. I mean, that... The, the, this guy's got oh a veil cover you know on a t-shirt. Is? This is the beginning of the end. This is you guys have had a baby and you're slowly becoming conservatives. And this is just what's going to happen. No, 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 now. no, no, no. I'm not I becoming conservative. I can see it. This is it. This is the beginning. This is where you're like, shit, I have things to protect. I really need laws that, you know, stifle all these hippies right. that want to steal my shit. I don't, right. no, no, no. I, I don't want and laws. damage to... my babies and dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. You want more laws so that people in vans can't drive near your house anymore. <laughs> no. Because you're a conservative. That's fine if they want to drive near my house and even if they want to get up and say hello to me but when well, no, we give them a table and he pulls the table and then puts it into the back no. of his red van and he's looking back at the house you know then it just makes me think house plus van plus he knows where we live and knows all the stuff about us you know i i start getting a little bit concerned about the, the possibilities and, and by the way russ let's elect somebody who's tough on crime i need a tough on crime representative in my district do you think lock russ, everybody up that you're pro van get all the pushers off the streets do you think your pro van stance may stay them in no small part from the fact van? that you once pot a pair of speakers a from van. a guy in a van. <laughs> yeah, I approve of sketchy guys in vans who drive around <laughs> and interact with other people. Russ like, comes home one day when Russ and I were living to together me. in the MEP house, <laughs> and he's got this pair of speakers. <laughs> Have I not told this story? Maybe, well, but you, you know, whatever. I'll tell it again quickly because it's funny. And he comes in with the All two right. speakers, and he's just like, "Where did you? Where did? Where did you get that?" And he's just like, "I got it from a guy in a van." And it's true, a guy in a van pulled up to him. <laughs> And he was like, I got these speakers. And so Russ takes these clearly stolen speakers, puts them in his car, and drives them home. 
And it's not until we start talking to him that Russ is like, we're like, Russ, don't you realize that your speakers might be stolen? And Russ is like, oh, really? No, he just took them from a van. He probably just, you know, found them or, or he's giving them away from his they family. Stolen. They're heirlooms. These, I, I bought them they had from, the shrink from wrap on them, dude. Come on. <laughs> Greg, I bought them from rogue representatives of the electronics store. In an so unmarked not, van? They were stolen, really? <laughs> So much as that the guys who worked at the store were disgruntled at the hiring and employment policies of their employers, and they decided to take appropriate, you know, revenge as any good citizen would, and I happened to be the beneficiary of that very patriotic and, you know, pro-worker He was just assisting in a union dispute. Total solidarity. Redistribution, of course. Solidarity, baby. Like, I I had to help them get rid of that shit. Shit in the and sky, shit in the van. on them for three hours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what I had to do. <laughs> and, and they were good speakers. Don't you still have those speakers? Yes, they're in storage, waiting for the day when I have like a soundproof house, so that I don't annoy everybody in a two-mile radius by using them. And, which is what happened when we had them active in the uh, in the MEP house. And also when the statute of limitations so had, like, has expired, uh, so you don't have to worry about being complaints. caught, right? That that also. Oh, don't worry. The the day that we got them, um, our friend, who's known as Shrooms, you may remember him from previous stories, um, <laughs> advised us to scratch the serial numbers off of the back of the speakers, just in case there were any discrepancies later on. Just in case. So we did that. So it's fine. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Just in case. He was, he was, he was knowledgeable. He was knowledgeable, our friend Shrooms. Uh, oh, God. He, and he was pissed at me that I didn't buy another set for yeah. him. He's like, yeah. why didn't you buy me two speakers? I'm like, I'm sorry. That, that sounds like true. Never- you know, and it's true. You should have been wandering around on a regular basis, sort of looking for people to pull up and offer you things in vans. Like, all that ever gets happened to me in vans is some pulls up and asks, like, can they fix the dent on my car with a dent remover? And that's the new popular one. They don't sell me things. They just want to fix the dent on my car. That's that's all I ever get. But no one ever wants to offer me speakers. Or- you see, my problem, part of this comes out of an envy that I've had my entire life that I look like the opposite of a sketchy person. I look like the total like all-American, white-bred, very nice boy, like young person. And that's how people perceive me. So I never, ever get approached by drug dealers mm-hmm. or people selling like fenced <clears throat> watches or like cool shit. And I just, they don't approach me because they think, I'm, excuse me, sir, I believe you should close your coat and turn around lest I call the police. <laughs> like That's what they think will come out of my mouth. Right, right. And and it's, it's really upsetting. Aww. Couldn't you? And so this was the one time people were like trying to sell me shit was, and fence yeah. me some shit. And I was like, yeah, I want some fence shit too. But wait a minute, though. I like the black market. You right. changed your haircut and you changed your fashion style. Couldn't you just That's start true, wearing raggedy clothes and grow your hair into like a mullet, like a you know ponytail halfway down your back and then like no. not shower every so often? No, you know? if I grew a mullet, I would be a homeless person. <laughs> I would look like a homeless person. And nobody tries to sell things to a homeless person as far as I know. What if you tied it like in a pigtail so that they could a ponytail so they could argue that you were like oh. some you know oh God, some computer great. representative yeah. from Seattle. I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna do, Greg. <laughs> I'm gonna be a bald guy with back hair tied into pigtails <laughs> and then I'm gonna knock a few teeth out and like carry a shiv around because clearly I'm an insane person who just escaped from somewhere. <laughs> Maybe they'd give you this <laughs> stuff the stuff then. I wouldn't try to said like here man take it take it just, just don't kill us. Don't kill us man. Oh man. Maybe they would hire me to protect their shit while they're trying to sell there it. There you go. Well, yeah, I had read this one thing. Um, there's a book, I think, about it, I, or an article that discusses the entire um, economy of people that sell things on the street in New York. That there's, you know, the guy that, that 
gets the materials, then there's the guy that keeps track of it when they're not selling it, then there's the guy that stores the stuff, then there's the guy that brings it from the storage to the guy on the street, there's the guy that sells it on the street, there's the guy that watch it, watches it on the street while the, that guy goes and takes a, you know, a coffee break or something. There's a whole, like, economy to, to that. So this you is could the guy that steals the stuff. Yes. This is the guy that acts the stuff. It's the this black is the guy market. that moves the stuff. It has a name. In the morning. <laughs> this is the guy that. Uh, That's a, we should sing that to Sunbeam. That's a nice song. That was the guy that sold your crib. That was the guy that stole the crib. That was the guy. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's only. Oh my God. Here's oh, the guy to bribe. Speak, speaking of Sunbeam and this true. guy that came to our house, I have no problem that people. F- say how old he is i have no problem with that because babies for some reason they're all bald or if they have hair they always think that they're boys i don't know what it is it's fine they, everyone thinks that our dog is a boy it just I, mm-hmm. I don't have an issue with it but literally i've had her in an entire pink outfit covered in a pink blanket <laughs> with a pink bib on that says sweetheart right with a pink pacifier mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You wore, she wore a shirt once that said "Sweet Little Princess." And right, all this and, happened, and, right? and don't get me wrong; it's because these are all hand-me-downs that everyone seems to want to buy her pink. It's not because I did this. And people will say, "How old is he?" And we're like, "The confused one." Well, mm-hmm. he's actually only five and a half months, if you want to know. So, what do people think that I'm right. just being? We're raising him gender neutral. <laughs> we we think we have to go the other way just to make sure he doesn't have any biases when he comes of age. Yeah, he's neither he nor she. He's really androgynous. With meet androgyno, our child. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah don't, we're going to let him determine he, we're going to let him or her determine their gender at a later date. We're not ready to make that determination. So so I was carrying Cenevine when this guy came up the stairs and he's like, "Oh, look at you, little guy." She had on hot pink pants, that sweetheart bib and a pink pacifier. I'm waiting for the one moment where someone mm-hmm. says that and she's like, "How about you, little guy?" and she's like, "Bam." He's like, "Oh, I guess that, you know." And she kicks I just, him right I in the head. Just, I, I just don't get it. That's all. I'm all I'm saying. I don't have a problem with it because I don't. I don't. I don't correct them. I don't care. I just don't understand you know why they do it. It's a baby. It's basically genderless, and people are either gonna identify it incorrectly because it doesn't really have like a discernible gender yet, or you're gonna overreact and like you know have her wear like a princess costume every day from now on, just so people don't <laughs> make mistakes. But either way, it's like an it's an unnecessary like identification. Like it doesn't matter. So is it because it's one of those things Genevieve that since we don't have does not have any knowledge of being female right no, now? No, no, no. I really don't care. I really, really don't care. I just was inf- was interested. So probably so what you're saying is since we don't have a gender neutral is it, what is it, a pronoun or something like that? People usually use he, and so that just is what they say. Just do he slash she. Mm-hmm. He slash she. So how is no, he slash she? No, I think that, I mean, I don't think there's a solution to your problem is what I'm saying. Because people will make the mistake based on the fact that they, if they don't see long hair, they think it's a boy. Because they, people are very, you know, obvious, shallow about their observations. Yes. And yeah, and so, and you on the other hand, as protective parents who feel that your child is being misidentified will overreact so that she'll be properly identified, but both things are either totally, you know, okay. harmless or, or extremely harmful, I'm not sure which. Okay, again. <laughs> Wait, that's either harmless I'm, or terrible. I'm finding, I'm finding a new thing interesting. From the beginning I said I don't have a problem with this. I never said that this was a problem. Mm-hmm. I purely just said that I wanted to understand it. And from the beginning you've said said well you okay. see that this is the this is just this is your problem 
this is the problem, this is the explanation, and don't let it bother you, and that kind of stuff. So I find it interesting. Well, I've heard this as an issue before, Okay. and I've actually heard other comedians talk about this specific issue, is that parents who of, of girls have the girls, the baby girls, wearing like pink headbands and like all of this paraphernalia so that it's like abundantly clear to everyone that it's a girl, and they do it as an overreaction. Got it. So... Because it's another yes, thing. I've heard of But this. the problem with English is that you only have a limited number of pronouns to operate with. Well, that's with. what I was saying. Is I think you're that's not call probably what it, it is. Well, so, that's also so why you have baby. Yeah, but how many times do you say that? So what does baby think? And baby there. Where baby. is baby? Yeah, have you seen baby? No, no, no. Baby, no, no, baby, no, no, baby. Hello, baby. No, they could say, how old is your baby? Yeah, they don't have to say, how old is he? just like, where's baby? How baby? Hello, baby. No, it's not hard at all. It's just what I just said. Nobody puts baby in the closet. Exactly. Isn't that a line from something? That's some like dirty dancing. It's from dirty or something? dancing. Yes. Nobody puts baby, puts in, baby the in the closet. No, no, it's yeah, not. Okay, I think it's just baby in the sure. corner. It's the corner. It's not the closet. <laughs> puts baby in the closet, then takes oh. her back out. <laughs> and puts her back in the closet. She does that herself. No one hog ties and puts a ragged mouth of baby and put her in the closet. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, nobody does that again. Last time. I don't know. I I I I did you show that people have a tendency? I here's the issue. I, I think I think it's more from Clea's point of view in terms of understanding it. Why the default to the he? I mean, you know, in general. Well, that's what he th- said. I th- because I, bald. Right, right. Bald equals he. That's what it is. If she ha- if she had bald. hair, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bald equals he. Okay. So if you just had. Yes. So all right. So let me get this straight. If if let's say you have Kay. a baby. Okay, Greg. Name three famous bald women. Go. Um, the chick from Star Trek. Uh, what's her face? Um, the, who, the first Star Trek who movie. Who are we talking about? The, the Can you ca- give any names? Yeah, the what's her face. No. Any names? The, the, she's the character from Star Trek. Yes, she's clearly stuck in your mind. She's, she was bald. Very I don't well. remember. She's just... You just... I mean, uh, okay. So we have unnamed person who was on Star Trek. That's one. I'll even give you that. Uh, Keep going. let me think, let me think. Robin Roberts. The one who used to be on ESPN. And then she Robin, had the ESPN commentator. She's not bald. No, no, she was because she had uh, she had cancer, and so when she went through chemo, she's fortunately now in recovery. But when she went through chemo, she finally decided that she wanted she wore a wig for was a while. She still doing ESPN work? No, while no, she, was she in works chemo? now for Good really? Morning America, or you know, she works. She's a ma- she works for a major like ABC or something like that. I and mean, she did like Good Morning America, I believe. But she actually wanted to show people what she okay, was going through. Okay, so I'll through. give you that. And so, okay. all right. So there's her. I'll give you credit for Robin Roberts. Sure. Um, and That's then the Last bald woman, Britney Spears. Oh yeah, three. Okay, now I win. The first one you mentioned was a random character that nobody can remember from Star Trek. The second one had cancer, and the third one was doing it. I mean, it's not that's not what she's recognized for. That's just she oh, went not? crazy basically and cut all her hair off because she was having a mental breakdown, right? Uh, that's not, maybe. And what everyone is saying is she had a mental breakdown. She's never she cut that, all her though. hair off. She's never and now she wears that. a wig. So the point is. <laughs> This is why, for the most part, bald humans are classified as male without any, you know, once you get past the level, that basic level, and you think about it, you're like, it's a baby, they grow hair at different times, like, it could be anything, but people don't have that level of thought. They're just like, baby, bald, bald equals male, male baby, and that's the end of it. I mean, I guess that's true. I'm just, I just think that there's something to be said for, I don't know. Yep, here it is, Persis Kambata. Persis Kambata. And oh, how could I have overlooked Persis Kambata? You didn't even go Sinead O'Connor, which I thought was like the obvious one. Oh, see, I had forgotten about that. Sinead O'Connor was an obvious one. Yeah, um, she was an Indian model and actress of That's Parsi like ethnicity and Zoroastrian woman. religion, born in Bombay, India. 
Uh, she became Miss India at age 15. Mm-hmm. She was born in 1948, and she actually passed away in 1998 of a heart attack. But she was, uh, mm-hmm. she yeah, she was a uh, she was in the Star Trek thing and was recognized mm-hmm. as Lieutenant Ilya in Star Trek the Motion Picture. So there you go. Mm-hmm. I think that a huge, huge majority of women. And this is to go way beyond we were just talking about that most people associate baldness with men. I think I would say over 90% of women identify themselves with their hair, like, extremely strongly to the point that, you know, it's extraordinarily traumatic for them if something bad happens to their hair. Yes, yeah, so I'd say that's because true. Because that's, like, a great deal of their perceptions of themselves is what their hair is. What about is. Grace Jones? I think that's also true. Grace Jones also had some weird, you know, limited hairstyles. Grace Jones had, like, a flat top. I don't know that she was totally bald, hmm. but I, I buy that. All right. How do we get on this topic about you bald know what women? I'm saying? <laughs> Obviously, like, because of the idea of the default, right? So, okay. So then the default situation is if they have hair, it's female. If they don't have hair, it's male. That's basically the default. Yeah. Or if they have hair and, like, a comb over, like, a parted on the side, it's male. And if they have long hair, it's female. Both of those are true. Now, this is a conversation that Story should really be involved in because I've actually seen him write on his blog that he identifies people primarily by their hair, and, like, he doesn't really know what people look like. He just identifies them by the hair that he remembers them having. What? Because Story is a very... He, he, I've seen him write this because he obviously is very hair-centric in the way that he presents himself, and so because that's the framework that he uses for himself, in identifying other people, that's the first thing that he looks to. So, for me, he might think that, you know, I became a different person when I shaved my head. Like, I've completely lost my identity. He might he might actually think that. All right. I, I hadn't really thought of it in those terms. I mean, I, I, of course, that's true about his interest in hair, but I wasn't aware that hair would be connected in this particular way. So the point is, hair really does trump even clothing? Because if that's true, then why is it that people often comment about, you know, if males wear pink, people make, you know, homophobic people in our society make comments about their sexual preference if they wear pink. Why? I mean, basically, according to you, they should just have, if they've got short hair or no hair, they should be obviously male, regardless of how much pink they wear, right? Well, I think that there are different indicators, and I think the primary one is hair. I think the secondary one is clothing. Um, I think clothing, since we don't have body hair, is basically our body hair in the way that it's perceived by other people. It's like, this is what you grow out of yourself and how you, you know, how you display yourself. Hey, did, did Clea, like, short-circuit and die when we started talking <laughs> no, about the male-female hair discussion? As we were talking about this, she... and I think it's very amusing that this happened, all of a sudden we heard in the background, Bop! which was our baby crying because she had woken up. So I think that basically our baby was like, stop, don't talk about God, this is embarrassing. Come on, come on now. So that's funny. I think that's basically what happened. A, I was like noticing Cleela was eerily silent during this, what I thought was a non-offensive conversation. And B, you started sounding like you were stalling for time. And I'm like, all right, what's going on? <laughs> You're like, well, that's interesting, Russ. And other <laughs> things are interesting as well. If you think about you think about things and talk about things and doing all those things at the same time is also very interesting. Like, and meanwhile, there's somebody off camera there? doing that stretch motion that they do where it's like, stretch, stretch. And like, and yep. on other news, um, like, things are where good. Where are the cue cards? No more cue cards. <laughs> Well, I think oh, since we're at the end of an hour, uh, in any case, I will uh, I will give poor Clea a rest and uh, and not make her uh, wait until she comes back. But uh, so on Clea's behalf, I'll say goodbye for her. But uh, please uh, continue to listen. Our traffic, according to Russ, has been 
way up. Lots of more people are listening and tuning in, and that's great. And obviously, we're producing shows more rapidly, which we're also big fans of. So, uh, so yeah, so please let us know. If you like our fireworks idea, uh, please write to the fire chief in your area and talk to them about it and ask them. Uh, and if you see a person who's bald on the street, um, don't assume that it's male just because the person's bald. It could very well be a female who made that choice of her own volition. So you keep that in mind and uh, right. you know let Russ know about it. Also, Second. if you want to drop any schematics for you know trebuchets or other plasma TV launching equipment, we would be interested in that, um, especially if they're not patented yet. I'll go ahead and patent it under my name, and then you can be a contributor of that program. And, and if you're an old lady, we can, uh, profit together. If you're an old lady with cats, if you could let us know how you would feel if when a plasma TV hits your house, that would be good for us to know too, just so we can know how to respond and how to craft the laws so that you'll have no say in making them, which is how the law works, is to keep old ladies out of it. So if you could just let us know, that would be uh, that'll be wonderful. Fair enough. <laughs> Say goodbye, everybody. Come on. <laughs> oh, I have Clay's gonna be mad. She missed out. So what happens? Gotta go take care of your genderless baby. The proceeding was a presentation of the MEP Report, hosted at www.mepreport.com. All rights reserved. In no way should any part of this show be construed as an invitation to buy, sell, or trade flightless birds, or reassemble Voltron. Or at least not the stupid one of the cars. Please support the MEP Report by voting for the show at www.vitalpodcast.com, adding the show to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com, and clicking on the Vote for MEP link on the MEP Report homepage to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Email us at Greg, Russ, Story, or Andy at mepreport.com, and call us and leave a voicemail or a fax at 206-600-MEP1. That's 206-600-6371. And finally, please join the fight to stop the senseless farming of emu glands. It's a moral, it's unethical, and frankly, it's just a little bit gross.